Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode. I am your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me, as always, is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen. And Brooks may be the biggest weekend in Memphis football history up to this point. ESPN's College Game Day will be in town. Memphis, who is now ranked number 24 in the AP poll, will be taking on number 16, SMU, undefeated SMU, 8-0, ABC primetime game. How big is this, not only for the team, but for the city of Memphis? I mean, it's big enough that I literally walked out of my office to do an Instagram Live story on it. Uh, I mean, I just can't even... You know, rewinding the clock back to my time at the University of Memphis from 2000 to 2006, I cannot even put into words how foreign of a concept game day being at the University of Memphis in the city of Memphis sounds to someone who lived through Tommy West, Larry Porter. Um, It's just completely night and day different you rewind the clock to tommy west in 2009 when he was fired and his rant it's been almost 10 years to the day and it's it's a night and day turnaround it's unbelievable what justin fuente and mike norvell have done at memphis one of the things that tommy west said was you know commit to the new coach ask the new coach what can i do to help the program what can I do to make this thing work and it's like from the moment that he made that speech the University of Memphis uh, its staff uh, all the way up to the president level has committed to making this program mean something to the city and this is the payoff yeah absolutely and you know when we look back even four or five days ago when we expected this to happen after after Memphis won uh, after Memphis beat Tulsa it was expected it was kind of expected, but even when the announcement was made, I think it was still so shocking because, you know, five to ten to however long ago, like you said, when you were in school, you could have never even dreamed of this happening. So for it to happen, I think is obviously incredible for the program. I think it shows, like you said, what Fuente and Norvell have done and what they've built with the Memphis football program uh, to be at this point. Um, And, you know, when you look back, I think it was two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, when the speculation first kind of started. And even when I was looking at it, obviously it's not a great slate of games this week, but I was like, okay, Florida, Georgia, Minnesota, I believe Minnesota and Penn State play this week, um, and I think they're both undefeated. So it was like, okay, there's still a couple destinations where they could choose over Memphis SMU. So it was like, I, I, you know, I didn't feel great about it at that point. But then kind of seeing the – the lucky magical win on Saturday night. It was like, okay, everything's kind of culminated to this point. And it really is incredible. I think this is a great platform for this football team because I do think that they have been, uh, you know, top 25 to top 35 program over the past few years, especially since Norvell took over uh, parentally. I mean, they were building with Justin Fuente, but Mike Norvell has really turned them into a good football team every single year. I mean, you know, national people, everybody expects Memphis to be a good football team every year. Um, And I think when you get to that caliber, 
then this is, these are the things that happen because your name is out there. People know uh, that Memphis is not a bad football school anymore. Anymore, and people know that Memphis can play football now. Um, so it allows them to be on this stage. It's obviously huge. Uh, I think it's great for the city. I think it's great for the fan base. It's great for Norvell and his players. And I, I can't wait to see what it looks like. Uh, obviously, we have the excitement of it coming now. I, I am very excited to see what it looks like on Saturday. Well, you wrote an article on the front of GoTigers247.com that walked through five things that this could mean for the University of Memphis, five things it could do for the Tigers. And you know, just from the outside looking in, you look at the opportunity to put this football program, Mike Norvell, this team on a national stage, get to showcase guys like Brady White, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, and the defense that prior to last week had been very, very good for the majority of the year, you get to start, um, you know, really capitalizing on what you've built. You start to uh, ingratiate yourself with national media. Media, you get to um, maybe make connections with recruiting that you've never made before. This weekend is going to be a massive recruiting Memphis for Memphis football. So it's it's such a big moment, and you know, Memphis fans just need to sit back, enjoy it. Uh, hey, before we go any further, I've got to give a shout out to my guys, Michael Hudman and Andy Tyser down at the Great Canary, Catherine and Mary's. If you if you don't know, I don't know if I'm breaking this news or not. Catherine and Mary's, if if you know anything about what those guys did at Porcellino's, you will want to stop by Catherine and Mary's on Saturday morning as a part of your game day experience while you're down there. Stop in. You, you trust me, you will not want to miss what they've got going on. They're going to open early, get in, get you some food, start drinking early, enjoy the day. It's going to be beautiful. So uh, tremendous experience for Memphis fans coming up this Saturday. Yeah, for sure, Brooks. And now that you say that, I definitely might have to make a stop to Catherine and Mary's that morning because I know Kenny and myself are going to be getting out there super early in the morning. Uh, probably going to need some food to make it through that day. So Catherine Mary's does sound like a good spot. But Brooks, before we move into the game a little bit more, I you know with with being newer to this, and obviously I think you know, with it being game day, everybody in the city is new to this. But what do you think the environment looks like? Because we know uh, you know like for the Ole Miss game, it was insane. People came out in droves. It was crazy. But for this, it's a different level. It's on Bill Street middle of downtown Memphis, game day crew is there. What could this potentially look like on Saturday morning when they are filming college game day live? Well, what's going to be hilarious is that Saturday morning is actually supposed to be very cold. It's almost supposed to be winter temps, um, somewhere in the 40s. So uh, it's going to look like they're not down south if if you uh, just randomly watch it. I don't know if you saw there was a Nevada versus Hawaii football game that was in Reno a couple weeks back, and it was snowing, and it was freezing cold, and it was like 90 degrees in, in the southeast, and everybody's like, what in the world? Is this a tape delay game? Uh, so it's going to be like that. It's going to be cold, but the, the idea of the iconic neon lights behind the stage Memphis fans, you know, filling up Bill Street in blue behind it. It's going to be amazing to see it just pay off for the fans that have stuck by the football program um, and getting a chance to put that on a national stage. I, I mean, honestly, 
I know that I said it's hard to believe this, but it doesn't feel out of place. Like it feels right for Memphis right now. You know, like it feels like with what Memphis has done, with what Norvell is building with this team. It feels like they deserve it. It feels like they deserve it. Like it feels right. Like, well, duh. Like, yeah, of course they should get college game day day for a, you know, two top 25 teams in Memphis. Duh. Yeah, it it really is a landmark day for the program because it's – it's so crazy the direction that it's going. I know I've said this multiple times now, but just the direction that this program is taking is crazy. So it, it is a landmark day for the football program. But, Brooks, I want to go back to something that you mentioned, and it's the players uh, and the team overall that will be showcased on Saturday. And I think that's obviously at the end of it that's the most important part because they deserve college game day, but they also deserve this exposure. I mean, Memphis has played on national TV multiple times this year. Uh, but not an ABC primetime game. It's just a different field. Night game, 630, 15-1 uh, combined record between Memphis and SMU. So completely different atmosphere. Uh, I think I saw something yesterday where they sold like 5,000 tickets or 6,000 tickets since the game day announcement was made. So I expect the Liberty Bowl to be pretty packed on Saturday. And this is going to allow some of those players that Memphis fans and you know some of the national media in our area – see the guys that those people already know about. Like you mentioned, Kenny Gainwell, Brady White, uh, the defense, Demonte Coxie, some of these guys that have been making plays now uh, all season. And I think it's big for all of them, obviously, but I don't think it's bigger for anyone than Kenny Gainwell. And it's because he's a redshirt freshman, so it's obviously a little bit harder to get that much notoriety when you're a younger guy. Uh, You've only done it for eight games up to this point. But I honestly believe he does deserve to be in the Heisman conversation. I'm not saying that he should win it. Obviously, there's a lot of good players in the country. You know, Some of the quarterbacks around the country are killing it right now when you look at Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, uh, Tua before he got injured, running backs, same thing, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins. So there's great players all over the country. But for a player like Kenny Gainwell, who's a great story, wasn't supposed to start coming into the season, took over for Patrick Taylor, and now – is closing in on the 1,000-yard mark rushing with 11 touchdowns, 450 yards receiving, and added three more touchdowns. He really deserves this spotlight. Um, I think it could launch him into that conversation because when you think about the game day guys talking about the game uh, and the announcers that will be doing the game, Kenny Gainwell is going to be the point of emphasis. Like there's, there's no doubt about that. When these guys turn on the film, watch the games from this year, and talk about the team – I pretty much have no doubt in my mind the first thing they're going to want to touch on is Kenny Gainwell. So this really launches him even further into that national spotlight. And if he has one of those games that he's capable of having, it really could launch him into the Heisman conversation. Well, and why that's important is not necessarily for this year. He's a little late to the party for real contention for any Heisman talk and any real consistent push to get Memphis into the spotlight. Right. Uh, as it relates to him in the Heisman race, but what it does is, you know, if let's just say for for crazy, crazy perfect world scenario, Kenny Gainwell goes out and has another two hundred, one hundred a game. Kenny Gainwell is he he explodes on the national scene, and what that does is it cements him in the conversation for next year's Heisman race as a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I don't know if many people remember this, but if you go back a couple of years ago. Uh, probably like six or seven years ago at this point, Amir Abdullah at Nebraska 
closed out. I don't know if it was his freshman season or sophomore season. I'm not sure. I think it was his sophomore year. Uh, closed it out in a big way. And then they had this whole campaign going into the season, like the Fear of Mirror campaign uh, for him as a Heisman contender going into the season. And like you mentioned, Brooks, Kenny didn't have that type of hype going into this year. But this game does set him up, and the season that he's having does set him up to go into next year with those expectations from not just Memphis fans and fans of uh, the American Conference, but really the national audience. And I think that's obviously huge from him. And Brooks, somebody that we have talked about ad nauseum and uh, you know for good reason is Brady White. And I want to get your opinion. How big is this game for Brady? Obviously, he's had his ups and downs. Uh, he's caught plenty of uh, flack from the Memphis fans, but at this point, he has the team at 7-1, and one, nationally ranked in the AP Top 25, controlling their own destiny. What does this game mean for Brady? Well, it, it legitimizes his standing right now on a national uh, level with his, his rating. You know, Right now, he's sitting at fifth overall at 183.1, behind only a few guys that you mentioned for the Heisman. Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa. Did I do okay with that? I'm pr- proud of that one. That was yeah, good. Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, and then Brady White. This game, going up against SMU, top 15 opponent, undefeated. If if he leads this team, has a quarterback rating of, what, 150, 160 or above, has a couple touchdowns, doesn't put the ball on the ground, doesn't throw turnovers, does typical Brady White stuff. Like his bad games, yes, he has a tendency to put the ball on the ground, make make goofy errors. But for the most part, he's very reliable. Um, only, four, only four interceptions this season, by the way. Yeah. I think people forget about 20 touchdowns, four interceptions, pretty freaking good ratio. Absolutely. I mean – uh, Joe Burrow has thrown four interceptions. Do you hear people crucifying him? Absolutely not. Not, not in the not, slightest. No. I mean, he's being talked about as the best quarterback in the country. And so it, it gives him the opportunity to showcase himself and legit finally say, you know what, Memphis fans? I, I, it's time to get off my back. I mean, I, I think we've done a pretty good job of continually – uh, reminding people of his accomplishments and and what he's doing week in week out. Now the Temple thing was another story. Everybody's allowed an outlier every once in a while, but this game has a chance to do that for him. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
All right, Christian. So moving on from football to basketball, we've got a ton more that we can talk about with football, but we've got a ton to talk about with basketball because the University of Memphis and Penny Hardaway just finished their second exhibition game. Uh, the first one we haven't even talked about really. We went into it with our last week off the board, uh, but there's a second one, Lemoyne Owen. Memphis won that game by 25 points, 88-63 this past Monday night. So, Christian, I guess everyone else is panicked. No James Wiseman, no Damian Ball. What I mean, what do you take away from that game? First off, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet. I mean, this team is... You no, don't? Are <laughs> not you sure? at all. You know Memphis fans are going to overreact because they quite literally expected Memphis to come out in these two games and probably put up 150 points and allow 50 points. I mean, it, that's more than likely the expectations that were there. You still have to remember these guys are... The majority of this team are freshmen. They're young players. Basically, their first collegiate game, they had the Bahamas games, but basically their first collegiate game uh, was against CBU on Thursday night, and then they turn around a few days later and play against LeMoyne Owen. And they did not play great. They won both games pretty handily, but obviously talent's going to win out in the end. And the weird thing about LeMoyne Owen was Christian Brothers, they they really played bad the uh, the whole first half and then came out a little bit better in the second half. LeMoyne Owen, I mean, they started the game on a 15-0 run, uh, they looked like they had figured everything out, and then that kind of came crashing down quickly. Uh, LeMoyne Owen had a couple of runs. Memphis really struggled uh, rebounding. I think they allowed 23 offensive rebounds to LeMoyne Owen, which is not a great stat at all. Uh, LeMoyne Owen had more shots than Memphis. Uh, they Memphis didn't play bad on defense, but they did allow a lot more open shots. LeMoyne Owen just wasn't knocking them down. There was a little bit too much space allowed. As I mentioned, not boxing out well. That's something that Penny Hardaway was clearly frustrated with throughout the game and following the game. And I think these are the speed bumps and the hiccups that you have to expect with a young team. And like you mentioned, Brooks, they are without James Wiseman, who is their best player. Damian Ball, who, as we know, has gained a lot of steam coming into the season. So that's two of their best players sitting out. Even with those guys out, you're supposed to go steamroll a team like Lemoyne Owen, but definitely not time to panic yet. They've got time to work on these things. They still got they've got South Carolina State next week, so it's not like they're playing Oregon already. They've got a couple of games to to work into it to figure it out. Obviously James Wiseman makes a big difference when he comes back, but some positives. So let's talk about some, some positive things for a second. Um Preston Sachiwa looked great again, uh, 21 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, nobody could stop him down low, which I think becomes even more dangerous with Wiseman because he draws more attention down low. The one thing I do want to see from Precious that we have not seen yet is that mid-range shot. I think if he's going to be a lottery pick, he's got to be able to step out and hit that 15-footer, uh, especially with James White garnering so much attention down low. I think the one shot he's taken outside of the paint was a three against LeMoyne Owen. Did not go. So he has to figure out that mid-range game a little bit, but obviously like what we see from him physically down low this early. Uh, DJ Jeffries, once again, I think his pro potential is really, really good. I think a lot of people forgot about him. Brooks, we know the knock on him forever has been motor. He is not lacking motor at all. He's nonstop fighting for loose balls, going after rebounds. So a ton of positives for DJ Jeffries, and I think that plays a lot into the season, even if he is coming off the bench as the sixth man, which – is becoming harder and harder. Becoming harder and harder to bring him off the bench. Uh, you know, we've 
pretty much said forever at this point that Lester was going to be the starter at the three, and I still think that's going to happen. But DJ is going to need a lot of minutes because he can definitely play. Um, but moving on, speaking of James Wiseman, that's obviously the storyline right now. Uh, that's what everybody's talking about. He missed both exhibition games. Brooks, how much different, because you did get to come down and watch this team against Christian Brothers on Thursday night, so how much different does Memphis look with James on the floor? Completely different. Completely different with him and completely different with Damian Ball. And I do want to rewind the clock a little bit and point a few things out on a few things that you said. Yes, Memphis got out-rebounded by, by LeMoyne Owen. LeMoyne had 23 offensive rebounds, but guess what? Do you know how many shots LeMoyne missed? A lot. <laughs> a lot. 62 shots. 62 shots. They, they offensive rebounded about 35% of their shots that they missed. Memphis only missed a total of 31 shots and had 18 rebounds. So they're sitting closer to like that 57% offensive rebounding percentage. So it's, it's not as big of a storyline as you think. When you miss 62 shots, you're going to get some rebounds. You're going to get some rebounds. It's just going to happen. <laughs> it, that just it speaks to how good Memphis was defensively. And, and here's the other thing. Kentucky, the number two team in the country, just had their, their exhibition game against NAIA, not Division II, NAIA, Georgetown College from Kentucky. And guess what? Kentucky got out-rebounded by six. So, you know, and, and guess, guess how many points they won by? How many? 20 set, 27. Woo, oh, man. They beat them by two more points than Memphis beat LeMoyne by. So Did, Didn't Duke barely beat, uh, who was it, Northwest Missouri? Yes. Six-point game? Barely squeaked by. And, you know, so... For anyone out there hitting the panic button and encouraging Memphis fans to hit the panic button, your perspective is completely off. I'm just going to call it what it is. Memphis is missing two starters out of their lineup. James Wiseman changes so much for them. Chill out. Let let Wiseman get into the lineup next week. Let them flesh this thing out because we all know a team full of freshmen is going to look completely different in January, February, and March than they do right now. So chill out. I, th- I think they're good. I see no cause for concern. There's no reason to you know to get worried. So Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. And I do have a question for you because Lester Quinones is somebody that we've been talking about for what, a, a year now. I think last November is when we first started talking about Lester. Um, mm-hmm. And he's all, you know, the, the tag that's always followed him is the shooting. And obviously he's a sharp shooter. He's got a beautiful shot. Oh, he's struggling. Right. But when you look at the rest of his box score, the rebounds, the minutes, he leads in minutes through two exhibition games. Uh, he's rebounding very well, averaging nine points a game, and his shot is not falling. So, and I, I feel like a lot of people have kind of been like, oh, well, you know, Lester hasn't been very good through these games. And shooting wise, he hasn't, but defensively, he hasn't been bad. Rebounding, he's been good. He's hustled. Um, and you know, I guess what I'm what I'm bringing that point to is how encouraging is it for a guy like him, who is known as a shooter, to not be shooting well but still making an impact? And what can that mean for Lester during the season? Yeah, he's just got to fight through it, man. Like you know, shooter shoot, and 
they're they're not going to take away that green light from Lester. Now, I would say that the the more that DJ Jeffries continues to play extremely well uh, as he continues to fill up a box score, uh, the big thing with DJ is one thing he's got to cut down is turnovers. He cannot turn the ball over. If he continues doing that and Lester continues to struggle, if DJ rebounds at a high level, I think you'll see that swap where – you know, Penny and Mike and and Cody and Tony will slowly but surely start pushing DJ to that starting role, bring Lester off the bench where he doesn't have as much pressure. He's allowed to come in off the bench, get a little warm, maybe you know, encourage him to get to the free throw line right off the bat. Um, you know, because he's big body, he can finish through contact at the rim. He's the kind of guy that can really get going if he starts in towards the rim and then start shooting. So I think he's fine. Uh, you know, I, you can't see his shooting stroke and, and be worried about it. There's absolutely no, Kenny says it all the time. There's no fat on that. You can't trim anything off his shot. It's as efficient as it gets. It's pure. His rotation and his form is ridiculous. So I would just say, you know, Lester is one of those guys that's probably adjusting to that depth perception in the bigger gym getting used to shooting in an arena uh, and the speed of the game. You got to remember, he's also dropped a lot of weight. So things change with that when you lose weight, gain weight. And that's something I actually uh, wanted to bring up on the whole James Wiseman thing. You know, people were like, oh my God, there's got to be something more to this because, I mean, he looked fine. You know, Penny Hardaway kind of implied that it was James's decision to sit out. Like he's cleared, he's good to go, but it's got it's up to him. Here's something that people that that aren't athletes that don't play the game, that uh, have never played sports and and don't lift weights and put on weight don't understand. When you put on weight, the way that you feel in your body completely changes. I went from 155 pounds to 198 pounds in about two years. Um, and whenever I was close to 200 pounds, I felt completely different. At 6'2", it was too much weight for me. I, I, I trimmed back down, and I feel at 180 pounds right now totally different than I did then. And you've got to remember, James Wiseman is now – what is it? What is he listed at now? Two fifty five. Two forty five. Two forty five. Two forty five, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he and he was playing closer to two twenty, two twenty five, for the majority of his high school year. So yeah, I mean, he he tweaks his ankle, has to get an MRI, and if you play the game, you already know that ankles are kind of a mental thing already. Like they they feel tender. You play, they feel swollen and stiff. You got to get used to playing back again after sitting on your ankle. Um, so, And then you add in that extra weight component where your body just feels off. You're, you're holding all of that weight on your ankles uh, already as it is. So I get it. Like James is probably a little bit in his head, and, and I understand why he would be. So, I mean, my, my little brother plays for Carryville High School, and he just came off of a pretty serious ankle injury a high ankle sprain this summer and had to sit for multiple months. Um, you know, had to wear a brace and walk. He walked with a limp for uh, a a good while. So I get it. it, it I mean, it's, and it's only been it's less than two weeks since it happened. 
So again, all, all of this is just ch- take a deep breath, chill out, people. Let's just like take a step back, enjoy the week, enjoy college game day, and let basketball do its thing. All right, Christian, that's all I've got in terms of talking about basketball and football. But I did want to tease something. I'm going to let you tease one of your projects in case you missed it. If you listen to this, you have not heard the VIP Tigers and 20 that we did last week, volume one. We're recording volume two right after this. It will be posted in conjunction with the regular Tigers and 20 episode. Uh, but if you are not a VIP subscriber on GoTigers247.com and you want to hear more inside stuff, more of the stuff related to recruiting, I'm going to tell two really funny and uh, really good stories dating back to the whole uh, Jimmy uh, period under Josh. I'm going to tell a, a Frank story. Uh, so Frank the Life Changer, I'm going to tell one of those stories. Uh, and then we'll talk about all the news that we've broken this week and maybe maybe even drop a few tidbits. So if you're not a subscriber, head on over. It's super cheap whenever you break it down to the day. Go Tigers247.com. Click the, the sign-up button. So, Christian, what you got? So, plugged it the last couple weeks. Going to keep plugging at this point because I think we are really starting to turn out a good product. I think it's really starting to gain some traction, and that is Go Tigers247's film room. Every week, Gabe Kuhn, former Memphis offensive lineman, and myself uh, break down Memphis's previous game. So, this week, we will be breaking down the Tulsa game. Uh, obviously, probably a tough one for Memphis fans to watch, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but... Uh, I think it. I think it's very helpful for Memphis fans, and I'll continue to say it. I think if you are someone who is just getting into the game or really trying to learn more about the game, I think it is helpful uh, because especially Gabe, I'm not going to give myself as much credit as him, but Gabe is a great football mind, uh, obviously played at Memphis for four years, knows a lot about the game, learned from some good coaches. Uh, so he gives a lot of inside looks at what is going on, and I think that helps. If you listen to Brooks Hanson talk, I'm – very proud of where he's come from and I like to think that film rooms helped him with that because Brooks sounds like a a football genius now so if you um, continue to listen to that and and watch the video that we do weekly I think you will notice more ins and outs about the game but Brooks that is that's all for me yeah I mean if you just read my recap from this past Saturday's Tulsa game it was actually pretty good it was and that's all that's all things to film room Uh, I, I, I mean all of my basketball knowledge is my own. Christian cannot take any of that away from me. <laughs> Not but at all. 100% of my football acumen comes from Film Room. Uh, it, it makes me feel like I stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. So I got nothing else. Christian, you got anything? All good over here. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. 